Welcome to our 12 noon prayer and fasting devotion. As young kids, we've learned how to ask questions out of curiosity. Huh? What are you wearing? What is that? Who is that? As we grow older, we ask more complex questions. Uh, how did this happen? Or when will this happen? Why did this happen? Why me? Or why not me? And depending on the context of these questions, we can carry a lot of emotional baggage. And as with most life questions, we find an answer as we seek God. In fact, there's a man who lived in the land of Uz who had a lot of questions. Job had seven sons, three daughters, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and on goes the list. And he's the greatest of the people of the East. He's the man of the East. Yet one day, God allowed him to suffer. All in one day. He lost his children, his livestock. Then in another, he lost his health. Boils from top of his head down to the soles of his feet. There was even a time uh, his wife told him, curse your God and die. Think about this. From chapter 3 to 31 from the book of Job, he cries, asks questions, and makes sense of the suffering along with his friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and so far. In many ways, they meant good, the friends of uh, Job, but it didn't make sense for him. One of the biggest questions of Job is, how long will this be? How long will you look away from me in Job 7? In fact, he asks, if I sin, what do I do? You watcher of mankind, why have you made me your mark? Or why is this happening to me? And in many ways, in the time that we are in, as we reflect on the goodness of God, we can be trapped in these questions as well. That's why it's important to step back and think through who God is. In chapter 38 of the book of Job, after God shows him the grandness of the scope of who he is as God, he journeys with Job through question, asks him how awesome this God is. He laid the foundations of the earth. He, he traced life as it is. He talked about questions of life, death, and time. And with all these things, God is drawing Job near to the grand truth of how sovereign God is. Here we hear the response of Job to, to all these things. He suffered, encountered God, and this is his response. Job chapter 42 verse 2 says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. The response of Job to suffering and to an encounter with God is to say, God, you are way powerful, and your plans will not be stopped. He was asking for a reason for his suffering, but he found something greater than his question. He found the greatness of God. He found God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty is true in our days, even in our days of glee or in our days of grief. In fact, in all days in between. That's the first point I want to zoom in, that God is God. As the story of the book of Job opens, and in, in days that he was the man in the East, even during the time that he was suffering, he was still God. God is God, as the life of Job restored towards the end of the book. 
one of the things that Job realized as he fixed his eyes on God is that no matter how many seasons and shifts can happen in his life, one thing is constant. God is sovereign. He's in control. In fact, when you read that text in Job 42.2, he highlights two things. One is that God can do all things. He has the power, the capacity to be in control of all things. And that this, the, another thing that you can see is that he has his plan, right? So he says that no purpose, God has a plan, God has a purpose, and no one can stop the purpose of God. In fact, Joseph says this in Genesis 50, right? Joseph said to them, do not fear, am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about so that many people would be kept alive. We think about it these days, when a lot of things have happened to us, it's so important to go back and realize He has the power and the plans. God's sovereignty is with us. And we can trust that He will do what He plans to do. Another point that we can think about is God's sovereignty does not mean that He's indifferent, that He does not care. In fact, I'm so glad the book of Job is written. I'm so glad that from chapter 3 to 31, He allows Job to cry out because He hears, He sees, He cares, He acts. God welcomes our questions. He does not dismiss them. And I'm so glad that He allowed Job to wrestle with these questions because I have these questions. And I'm sure some of you would have some of these questions that why is this happening? Why is this, this not happening the way I want it to? For me, one of the things that the book of Job teaches us and the sovereignty of God teaches us that um, Christianity is not always about the bright and sunny days, though we have them and we enjoy them. But even in the dark days, God is still God. Job 42.2, when we go back there, the opening word says, I know a realization, a deep encounter with God. And lastly, God's sovereignty is an invitation to a loving, trusting relationship with Him. See, as God reveals His greatness, Job's response was an acknowledgement and repentance, a sense of surrender to a God who knows better, who can do better, and we know this because in our lives, when somebody who knows better comes in the way, we step aside and allow that person to do it. I remember a time when I was fixing uh, our cables at home. And man, I was struggling. And my dad came in. Since he knew better, I stepped aside. I know better to allow the person who knows better to do the things he knows best. Now we think about this in our lives, that as we think about God's sovereignty, we're thinking and we're realizing that He knows better. And therefore, we can trust Him. We can step aside and journey with Him. I pray that whether you are in a day of the opening of the book of Job, you're, you're happy and there's a lot of hope for the coming year, and um, you have uh, your children are, are safe, you are safe, and, and you have all the things you need, or... Maybe you're at that point of chapter 3 to 31 of the book of Job, complaining, asking God, grieving. I pray that you encounter God the way Job did, an encounter that led him to trust him, an encounter that led him to realize this is an awesome God. This is a God who loves me. In fact, thousands of years after Job, 
an innocent man would suffer, would be on the cross, and would be there in God's sovereignty to show forth that God's power and God's plan cannot be stopped. And today as we do our fasting, we can look back and realize how this God has the power and the plan to accomplish His will. Let's take this time to pray. Oh God, we thank you because you're a God of greatness. You have shown it all throughout your scripture and you have shown it in our lives. Lord God, thank you that you're the one who's going to move us towards you like you did in Job's life. Whether we are in a time of celebration or in a time on our knees when we're crying out for help. Lord, I pray for my friends who are with us this afternoon. I pray, Lord God, that you would be the one to journey with them in their careers, in their jobs. I pray even uh, for those who have been seeking for promotion. Lord, truly promotion is from you. You see the work of their hands. You see how excellent they have been. And thank you, God, that if they have shortcomings in their jobs, you'll be the one to sustain them and put the zeal in their hearts to work for you and not for men. Lord, I even pray for vision. For some of us, it's, it's something that we have been praying for years, something that we have been believing for every year in fasting. We write down in our provision, in the booklet, um, these things. But Lord, I pray that this year would be a year of breakthrough, a year, Lord God, that you would meet us, Lord God, where we are. But ultimately, oh God, our prayer, more than promotion and provision, is your presence. That wherever we are in this season, you are with us. We thank you, God, for this afternoon. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen.